The Washington Commanders want to interview the Chicago Bears' assistant GM, Ian Cunningham. We're talking about what that could mean and the effect that it could have on the Chicago Bears. We're also going to talk about Jalen Johnson being confident that he will get a deal done with the Chicago Bears. And then lastly, updates about the Bears' coaching situation. All that plus mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So this came down kind of late yesterday from the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, that the Washington Commanders are uh, have requested to interview Chicago Bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham. Now, Ian Cunningham was a um, a candidate for other positions last year. He ended up deciding to stay with the Chicago Bears. Uh, he was a candidate for the Arizona Cardinals and Tennessee Titans in, la- uh, in last year's offseason. He was actually a finalist for the Titans job, which ended up going to somebody else. Um, and then he also reportedly turned down the Cardinals job. Now, keep in mind, the Chicago Bears created a new position. The assistant GM role was created for Ian Cunningham, and that's what, what how much they wanted him on the Chicago Bears staff. But when it came down to it, uh, you know, it, it, he was always going to be somebody that was going to go back to the top of list for their for open GM searches when they came about. Now, uh, keep in mind that Ian Cunningham does have experience. He was four years in Philadelphia uh, where he played. Uh, he well, not played, but he had a, a number of roles in their front office. He was also director of college scouting. Uh, he moved up to director of player personnel and he was uh, director of player personnel in 2021. So. There you go on that one. Now, if Ian Cunningham does end up taking another position, the Bears will benefit from this. They won't just lose it. If the Bears, uh, if he signs with another team as the GM due to the Rooney rule, the Chicago Bears will get a, a third-round compensatory pick for two years in a row. So if he does end up accepting another job, the Bears will get some additional third-round picks. And that's not anything to look lightly at. You can get some real talent in the third round of, of these drafts, depending on how deep they are. And if you scout well, you can get talent either way and so if Ian Cunningham does move on it is going to be a hit to the Chicago Bears organization we we do you do want to trust Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren and things like that and they could find another assistant GM but they will get uh two third round picks for that and so when it comes down to it those are picks that Ryan Poles could use at his disposal to go out there and get some things done so if Ian Cunningham does end up uh working out or, or going on somewhere else and accepting this job with the Washington Commanders the, Bear, the Bears will be uh, compensated for that. But let me know what you guys think on that down below. I know we talked a lot about Ryan Pose. We don't usually talk a lot about assistant GMs in really any sport unless it's a big name attached to it and, you know, what what his role is in it. And I'm sure he's been involved in those day-to-day situations and in those draft rooms, things like that. So, you know, let me know what you guys think on that down below. But a player that we always knew a big decision had to be made on in this offseason, Jalen Johnson, was on 670 the score uh, yesterday. And he talked about and said this about his contract. I think we get a deal done. I expect to get a deal done. Let's say that when it comes down to it. And then he reiterated his want and desire to stay with the Chicago Bears. Also adding in, it's going to get done. We ain't even started talking yet. We barely just finished the season yesterday. So, I mean, let everything calm down. We still got to get to the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl. It's a lot going on still. There's some time maybe to go by. But at the end of the day, we'll be in contact soon, hopefully quicker rather than later. And we'll go from there. So, you know, kind of setting the expectation reiterating what he said about wanting to stay a Chicago Bear. And when you look at Jalen Johnson and what he's done, right, is he perfect? No, no player is. 
but he's done exactly what you want from a player that you drafted and developed. He's gotten better. He is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and that was even before the interceptions. Like I said before, a lot of people kind of attach interceptions and things like that to if you're what, how good of a corner you are, and it really comes down to more than that. But even with that said, he stood up to that uh, critique and criticism of his game and had his career best year as far as four interceptions in that time, one of those being a touchdown. So when it comes down to it, Jalen Johnson has stepped up a lot for the Chicago Bears, and he's a, still a young player, uh, playing four years in the NFL and only being 24 years old. Keep in mind, him and Kyler Gordon are almost the same age, so you have a young cornerback core of him, potentially, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, and Terrell Smith, who Terrell Smith got, got cooked against Green Bay, but again, rookie, one year. Uh, but I really hope that the Bears and Jalen Johnson really do get this deal done, and he's putting a lot of pressure with his comments in the national media, basically, so that if this deal does fall apart, it's going to be looked at as the Bears' front office not being the ones to get the deal done because he's been reiterating his desire to stay here and be a part of the Chicago Bears organization. And so hopefully they get that deal done. I know some it came into the season with its own doubts and criticisms around Jalen Johnson and who and what he was as a player, but I think he's really answered a lot of those. And I think as you go forth and really trying to build something and still build this team back up, you don't want to keep using young, talented pay, players that were drafted by this team, even though not by this regime, but drafted by this team because he's done what you want him to do. And a lot of those questions around Ryan Poles and if he's going to pay the homegrown talent, there are reasons why you have that. So you want to make sure that you pay Jalen Johnson, in my opinion. I think he's done everything to show that he deserves to stay here with the Chicago Bears, and he deserves to be paid as one of the best uh, paid corners in the league. I've laid it out before, 18 to 18 and a half with incentives, I think, is the route to go with Jalen Johnson. It puts him right up there as one of the top, I think, five to six corners paid in the NFL. And then if he hits those incentives, he has the chance to go even higher than that. And I think with the increase of the pass rush, it's really going to put Jalen Johnson as well in a way better situation where we're going to see him make even more impactful plays than what he's made. But all right, let's move in. We got some updates on the Chicago Bears coaching situations in, in a couple of different areas, both with Jim Harbaugh, who just won the national championship, and with Luke Getze. So Courtney Cronin and Bragg Biggs, both have stated in the last 24 hours that they feel extremely confident that Luke Getze is going to be removed as the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And that is something that a lot of Bears fans have already been right there with, that we've understood, that we've wanted to see, and that we expected to be coming down the, the pipeline at some point in time. Luke Getze, like I said, it's not all as far as like we're not blaming everything that went left with the Bears' offense on it, but a lot of it. As the offensive coordinator, we had some of the most stagnant offensive play calling that you'll see around the NFL. We just did. The, route, the routes that the, the wide receivers run were stagnant. It didn't really create, didn't get creative and allow cornerbacks to really sit in on that. And so because of that, it's really seeming like that's the direction that it's going to go. And keep in mind, Courtney Cronin and uh, Brad Biggs are two people that really are ingrained. And now, you never want to take everything for, for being uh, gospel or anything like that. But when you look at progress that you wanted to see from Luke Getze, we came into this season, and I, and I had said, uh, I think me, Bobby, and C-Dub all kind of agreed with this, that while we came into the season wanting to absolutely see development and progress from Justin Fields, that you also wanted to see that same progress from Luke Getze as a play caller. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. We made some steps in the right direction. We also had much better talent, right, in an improved offensive line. But at the end of the day, the, the Bears went from 32nd in the, in the league in passing to only 27. It just, it, it, and again, that's not all on him. That's partially in, in uh, also with, with Justin Fields, as I said in yesterday's daily episode, not making the leap that a lot of Bears fans wanted to see from him, right? He made a step, but he didn't make that leap. 
And Luke Getze is, as well in that uninspired play calling and just the, the stagnation there, it didn't help that case at, 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 at all. So hearing that um, that Luke Getze is probably going to be removed, I, I think that that's the right decision. But then you've got to ask, how accountable is Matt Eberflus going to be held for that as well, right? Now, Brad Biggs and Courtney Cronin both stating as well that they're not quite as sure on what the future of Matt Eberflus is. But if you're removing one of his offensive coordinators and you're acknowledging that that coordinator did not make the steps up that you needed, how much do you hold the head coach accountable for that? Because he is the guy that hired him. So as we go forth into this area of questioning what's going on with Matt Eberflus, which me and the guys will be live later on today, and we'll be breaking down both the pros and cons of holding on to Matt Eberflus as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. But at the end of the day, you went in, you got somebody who had zero play calling experience, did Luke Getze, and it just didn't go. It didn't go. And so Luke Getze didn't bring the, 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 the situational awareness, the play calling, the development that we really need. And at the end of the day, as we go forth in a team that's hopefully going to hold higher standards across the board, which Kevin Warren has talked about, you got to also look at, uh, at Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus in that as well. And so with that, Jim Harbaugh, who won the national championship last year, well, his team won the national championship. He coached them to that win. Uh, it's been now more uh, talked about that the Bears may be in more on uh, Jim Harbaugh than what was even initially thought. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this coaching search, things like that, if they can get a a coach the caliber of Jim Harbaugh because that really does up that expectations but the Bears have a lot of ties to Jim Harbaugh this when you come down to it uh, we have a scout on this team in McCarthy who actually is cl very close with Jim Harbaugh is actually was on the team when Jim Harbaugh was drafted in 1987 and he's he has a great relationship with Harbaugh reported that he has one of the best scout relationships with Jim Harbaugh around and then you look on top of that right we also hired Sean McGee as chief of staff uh, for Matt Eberflus in May of 2022. And McGee came from Michigan, where he was the associate athletic director, again, with Jim Harbaugh. So the Bears and Kevin Warren, we've already talked about Kevin Warren being the commissioner of the Big Ten and has years of experience, four years plus, in a relationship of Jim, with Jim Harbaugh. So at the end of the day, there are ties that, that tied. And I know a lot of Bears fans are really hoping that Jim Harbaugh is the pick because what that would signify is that the Bears aren't just trying, aren't just happily, happy meandering around anymore. That that would, it would signal that you are really trying to make a go for it. You're bringing in a coach that has won at every level he has ever coached at. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the thing that's going to happen here, but at the end of the day, I think that a lot of Bears fans think that Matt Eberflus may still stay on as the head coach. But outside of that, right, Jim Harbaugh may be one of the uh, the the ones that the Bears really do look at to go after. So the, the questions around Matt Eberflus and his job, like I said, I hope we get a resolution to it uh, within a week or two when it comes down to it. But at the end of the day, man, I just I don't know. I think there's a timeline that's been set out there to a degree. Right. And I think that Kevin Warren, uh, who does want to make some considerable changes with the Chicago Bears, has also pointed to that. So. You know, Matt Eberflus, you hear back and forth if he's staying or if he's going. But at the end of the day, uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, hey, listen, Black Monday, there's usually been a lot of coaches firing. We'll see what happens on on uh, on Tuesday now, today, if something ends up happening with, with Luke Getze. But I think, first, it really kind of part of it is going to be tied to what happens with uh, with Matt Eberflus and how the Bears really look at it. They're going to want to talk to Matt Eberflus. They're going to want to kind of understand what direction they want to go. We'll end up seeing at the end of the day what happens with that, man. But let me know what you guys think down below on that. Do you think, uh, how do you think about Luke Getze uh, coming back, not coming back? I really don't think that it's going to happen personally. But at the end of the day, you know, we'll end up seeing this outside of our control, right? But let's go ahead and go. I said before that uh, the voicemail back had filled up a lot. 
over the time that we were we uh, well since the end of the Green Bay Packers game till now. We're gonna get into this first voicemail. This one's from Prince Abdul. First time caller. Hey, this is uh, Prince Abdul Rafi. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with the Bears, but I would trade down from the one spot to um, the Raiders and get that that receiver from Green Bay, and then I'll go with two uh, linemen, two linemen for the um, from the draft. Because man, this is horrible. This game was horrific. Trade the number one pick to the Raiders at eleven for Devontae Adams. This year's this year's pick, this year's first round, second, and next year's second. Second and uh, go with uh, two offensive linemen in this year's first round because that was horrible in this Green Bay game, man. Long time listener, first time caller. All right, trade uh, the number one with the Ravers for Devonte Adams. Now, I will say this: this is something that we haven't necessarily heard a whole lot of. It. A lot of a lot of people who talk about trading with the Raiders focus on potentially getting Max Crosby, who has over a twenty million dollar contract, and I never really kind of understood if that was going to be something that uh, that we end up doing. But here's what I'll say when it comes down to it. I don't know if the Bears would – you would have to get back, I think, more than what you do in that deal because there are some really talented wideouts in this in this draft that you can get that – not to say that they're going to be right up there with Adams or anything like that, but they are a play, they are players that you got to look at and say, eh, maybe maybe we, we believe a little bit more in what they can turn into, right? Devontae Adams is a beast. Make no mistake about it. 6'1", 215 pounds, uh, 1,144 yards uh, receiving this year. Eight touchdowns on top of that. Uh, he averaged 11.1 uh, yards per reception. But again, former Green Bay guy. You guys kind of know how I feel about that at this point. But when you look at it, he's had four straight seasons of over 1,000 yards. He's, t- he's 31 years old, though, right? And so that's kind of the part that plays into it as well, is that if the Bears are going to be trading, Max Crosby's a lot younger, right? So there's a, a bigger kind of understanding on him fitting the timeline. Devontae Adams is 31. I think that the Bears, if they're going to go wide receiver, I don't know if you go a veteran like that with that type of contract where you can draft one that has a higher ceiling. Yeah, they're not going to be as proven right away, but they have they have just as high of a ceiling, and you and you hope and maybe feel confident that you're going to be able to develop that, especially next to DJ Moore. So I think that's that's kind of like, like I said, I understand where you're going, where you're coming from with that completely, right? I understand the thought process, how it helps the Bears out. I understand all of that. And while his contract isn't huge, he's definitely not Max Crosby big. Uh, next year, you look at he's making $16.8 million. I just don't know if the Chicago Bears pull the trigger on a contract that big. And then the year after, in 2025, it shoots up to $35 million um, and a $44 million cap hit. I just don't know if that's uh, the route that the Bears are going to go if they do trade back of adding that type of salary to the team. But great voicemail. Thank you for leaving that one in. Let's get into the next one. This one's from B. Hey, it's Bobby Cedar. What's up, man? It's B, man, calling in. Man, I'm so frustrated after watching the game, bro. Like, it's crazy. I'll get to Ibrahim and Jesse, but I want to start with Ryan Pose. Um, I think Ryan Pose made a big mistake when he was hired as the GM of the Chicago Bears by walking into this organization for the first two years and put most of his resources, whether it was through the draft or through or through free agency on the defensive side of the ball. Like, to me, if you come into this organization and you got a quarterback, you're trying to see if this guy is the future, if, you know, this is the quarterback you're going to have for the next five, ten years or whatever it may be, it's, it would seem to me that you would put resources around your quarterback because it's the most important position that you're trying to evaluate this kid to see what you got in him. But instead, most of the resources went to the defensive side of the ball, the offense, side of the ball lacked offensive line, second, third string receivers, 
like bad play calling. So I think that was a mistake that Ryan Poles made by not putting more resources on the offensive side of the ball to to better evaluate Justin Fields from go. Eberflus, I know everybody kind of sold on him coming back, but man, after watching this game against the Packers, I, I just need Ryan Poles to get this guy the fuck out of here, man. You sit here and let Jordan Love look like Rodgers and Favre all come rolled up into one. You let him throw for 27 or 32 passes, 84, 85%, and you don't send any pressure. You can't get to him, but still, we don't get any pressure, and this dude just sit out there and pick the defense apart. I don't care that they only scored 17 points or whatever the hell it was. You cannot let this dude throw 27, complete 27 or 32 passes for 84%. How the fuck do you think you're going to win that game? And Getsy, I mean, I, I was just Two days ago, I was just like, okay, you know, he's a first-time play caller. Maybe we should give him another year. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's getting into his rhythm. But after watching this shit, man, like, I'm so, man, it's, I'm so frustrated, man. Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, and I'm a Justin Fields guy. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I called it coming in the draft. I said they was going to take Justin Fields with 11. They took him. I'm a Justin Fields guy, but at the, I'm at the point now where I just feel like, Maybe it's just time to get everybody the fuck out of there. Eberflus, Getsy, Justin. Let's just get a whole new coaching staff, whole new quarterback. And again, like I'm really a Justin Fields guy. I don't think he's been put in the best situation since he was drafted. You know, he's had little to work with. Obviously, they didn't put the resources into the offense. So that's pretty much all I got to say, man. Chicago up, bear down. This shit is ridiculous. Oh, great question here. Did Ryan Poles make mistakes putting resources in the defense instead of the offense? That is a great question, but here's what I'm going to answer with that. The Chicago Bears were so far away um, at that time that you're going after the best talent. And so I get it, and I, and I do agree with you that we should have put more resources in protecting fields and things like that. But I think when you're going into the draft, stuff like that, you really want to get the best player you see fit and you see available. And I think that's what Ryan Poles did early on, right? Now, this past draft, we did get uh, go out and get a, a, a Darnell Wright, who was a lineman to help protect Justin Fields. But even with what you're saying, the Bears, you know, miss, maybe missed out on some linemen by not spending and being willing to spend more money on veterans. So the, it comes down to: Do they change that thought process now that they have young pieces in place? Do they then now go after some more veteran pieces that may be a little bit more expensive for the Chicago Bears? And that's a great question. But I won't necessarily say that he made a mistake. Yeah, in hindsight, you're looking at it, but at the same time. Even had we protected Justin Fields, right, and made those moves then, I get it, we would have been in a better place to evaluate him, but then that doesn't necessarily mean if you would have passed up on big-name talent that it would have put your overall team in the best place. And I think that's how Ryan Poles was looking on it. Let's get the best talent to put the team in the best place long-term, and then we can kind of feel things on the go. I still I just still think you can say in that you didn't do enough to protect Fields, which look at the way he was sacked both last season and in the games this season at times, right? But I think that that's kind of the thought process that Ryan Poles had, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thought process to have. You just now know, especially if you're going to, to invest still in protection and stuff around Justin Fields, that you need to spend that money on that this offseason, I think, big time. As far as Eberflus coming back, I've kind of made my peace with it. Um, I would like to see the, the Bears move on. I think if you do get a better offensive coordinator here, a veteran offensive coordinator that really has shown his ability to draw schemes up around the talent of the players rather than just trying to fit them in a scheme, I think that can go a long way for the Bears as well this, this offseason. But I've kind of made my peace with the fact that there is a world in which Matt Eberflus does return as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And if that does happen, I mean, at the end of the day, if you prove, uh, improve other things, 
He was a rookie head coach. He still can progress and improve himself. Again, not the route that I would go, but I've kind of made my piece if that does happen. That's that that's just what the Bears are doing, man. But they say then I'm really looking at what they do with the coordinators and what they do in, in bringing in veterans and things like that for sure. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for this episode. This one's from Tony. Hey, see the Bob Tony calling from Georgia. Saw that game, man. It's still SGB. I don't care what's going on. I, that that was a masterclass of a shit show that was put on by Lou Getsy for whatever reason. Hey, man, I need to wake up in the morning. In the next four five hours, Lou Getsy is gone. He was gone. I, I saw the the the, uh, the conference, and I hate that Justin is so defeated at times when it comes to the media, and I I don't understand what's going on. Like, get him competent coaching. We know the superstar that he is, and he can be. Nobody was saying the things they were saying about Fields when they got him, when he was, he was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Now, all of a sudden, he can't do this, 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 and this. Get him the weapons and the stability around him being O-line, proper uh, players, a center, uh, 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 a solid left tackle. If we can move Braxton Jones over to left guard, let Kevin slide back over to the right, if that works. But we probably need to, to blow up the, the, the O-line, not the entire O-line, but get some players that protect field and allow him to do what he needs to do without holding every five fucking seconds. And then I just want to wrestle Paul roughing the passer just one time. If he's giving himself up and you get hit roughing the passer, I don't care if it's shoulder to hit, it's roughing the passer. Other than that, I believe the draft is going to be a telling sign of where the team goes. I see Marvin or any type of explosive weapon coming to Chicago soon. If the pick does not get traded, I'm still taking Marvin number one. Uh, what are your thoughts on on getting more weapons? As far as uh, if Marvin isn't picked, where do you see a, a, a mock draft of of the players being selected? Other than that, uh, bear down, Chicago up, and SGB. All great points there. Luke Getze was absolutely a shit show. You 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 called it right. His his play calling is absolutely trash. That's why I like the reports that we heard that Luke Getze's pretty much out of there. Right, I like that. Um, as far as getting field stability, that is one. If you are going to keep Justin Fields on as your quarterback heading into 2024, you absolutely need stability on that offensive line. You need consistency there. You need a better center. You need better depth. And you need weapons in a wide receiver. I completely agree with you there. And that is really where I hope the Chicago Bears front office goes in this offseason if they do hold on to Justin Fields. And even if they don't, you still got to invest in the O-line because if you're bringing in a new rookie uh, uh, quarterback, you still need to make sure that that guy's then protected, right? So you put them in the best situation. So regardless of what it is, I think you still are in the same place. You're just losing a resource in the sense that you're going out and using one of those resources on a quarterback if that's what the Bears choose to do. But you still need to invest your other resources in protection and weapons for whoever the quarterback is because we definitely need that on top of a better offensive play caller for sure. And as far as who gets picked if Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't picked, I've talked about it. It's 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 really up in there. The Bears can go one of a, a few different thousands of ways. You can go quarterback. You can go wide receiver with the first. You can go wide receiver. You can go O-lineman. You can go uh, defensive edge. You can go all O-lineman. You can go wide receiver, defensive edge. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of key impact players that can that can start day one for the Chicago Bears in this draft in the first round. And I think you, you look at that. Do you get a dynamic edge to go on the opposite side of, of Montez Sweat? Do you get a wide receiver in Rome who's there? Absolutely neighbors. These are guys that really can make an impact for you uh, being on the other side of DJ Moore as well. So I think either way, 
the Chicago Bears are in a place where they have an embarrassment of riches that they can really go out and add and, and plug some of the holes that we have on areas of the team that can help and make an impact day one. But where are they going to go? I think as we go through free agency, as we hear more things, more players resign, we kind of get an indication of where that route may be going for the Chicago Bears. But great question, and we'll keep giving you that coverage as things go on in the offseason. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearscentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, Shot Town up, bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media. Media.